Yahweh said to the serpent, Be gone, Satan, in the name of Jesus. The devil, Satan, hates God. He rebelled against God. The devil, Satan, is the ancient serpent in the garden. He came to draw mankind into his rebellion. It was a call to arms that Adam and Eve and all of us with them have gladly heeded. Mankind then and now wants to be like God, knowing good and evil, and does know evil intimately. Mankind is now evil and not good. And now our sinful flesh is always on the mission of calling what is evil good and calling what is good evil. Now, thanks to Adam and Eve, we are stuck, according to our sinful flesh, stuck in the mire, the muck, and mess of our sins. And we are also churning with sinful desires. We are plagued by the temptations that well up like a geyser, really, from within our sinful hearts. Don't be fooled by being outwardly good. As sinners, we are like the rivers and streams surrounding East Palestine, Ohio. They look fine, but we all know they are full of dead fish, and when you scratch below the surface, deadly chemicals float to the top. Deadly sins against God and against your neighbor from within your sinful flesh. The Lord's got a solution to the problem. His final solution is to take on humanity. The Lord takes on our rebellion, takes on our sin, takes on our sins against him and against our neighbor. He claims all of this as his own. He becomes man. He claims sinner and sins as his at his baptism, which took place just before Matthew 4. And he takes them all away as the Lamb of God. And besides all that, he is going to deal with the devil. All of this is laid out in Genesis 3, verse 15. That verse is a promise. It is the first gospel sermon of the entire Bible. There, Jesus speaks this promise from his Father. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will strike you on the head, and you will strike him on his heel. Jesus is still keeping that word in Matthew 4 when he goes three rounds with the devil. 
All the way to Calvary, in fact, Jesus keeps that Genesis 3, verse 15 gospel promise. But it is in Matthew 4 that we see that Christ comes to crush the serpent's head for you. Now, Jesus ultimately did that at Calvary. There he crushed the serpent's head. There he struck the mortal and final blow. The rebellion was over, according to our timing, some 2,000 years ago. And while the war may be over, Satan's rebellion quashed, there are nevertheless some skirmishes still taking place. Just like the Battle of New Orleans took place after the Treaty of Ghent. That treaty officially ended the War of 1812. So, like that, now we are waiting for the Lord Jesus to bring that that word to reveal himself to come again and show the truth, Calvary took care of it all. Calvary itself is promised in that word of Genesis 3, verse 15, and the devil knew it. He tempted Jesus to avoid it. He twisted God's word. Your father would never let anything happen to you, right? Won't he command his angels for your sake? He won't even let you strike your foot against a stone, will he? It's true, Jesus' foot was not meant to be hurt or hindered by a stone, but his foot, his heel, would strike home on the devil. As Christ himself spoke through David, they have pierced my hands and my feet. The devil got his mortal blow on that heel, but it was not final. Afterward, Jesus would come out alive, nail-scarred feet and all from his stone-sealed sepulcher. At Calvary, Jesus rescued us from, the, from death and from the devil. As Hebrews 2 puts it, through death, he destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. His, by his death, Jesus destroyed the curse of death. He destroyed the sting of death. The sting of death is sin, Paul tells us. At Calvary, Jesus paid for your sins. There, he was crucified as a rebel for our rebellion, as sinner for your sinfulness, as transgressor for your transgressions. As Isaiah prophesies, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Christ comes to crush the serpent's head for you. That was Calvary. Satan defeated. Your rebellion, your sins, all paid for. But it wasn't just at Calvary. The Lord was doing it in Matthew 4 when he was being tempted. And he will also do it in our temptation. This is why Jesus has come in the first place, after all, to crush the serpent's head for you. Whenever the devil tempts, as I said before, he twists God's word. He's good at it, a lot of practice. He did it in the garden. Did God really say? He tries that trick with Jesus too. Problem is, the devil's debating the one who spoke and wrote the word. A bit pedantic of him. When Jesus was baptized, the Father said, This is my beloved Son. So the devil comes and says, Are you really? Are you sure? If you are, prove it. All the while, the devil was trying to get Jesus away from being who he came to be. The one who would crush the serpent's head. But each time Jesus gives a swift kick in response, it's written, it's written, it's written. Be gone, Satan. Where Adam and Eve could not fast from the tree, Jesus fasted in the wilderness. Where Adam and Eve joined rebelling angels, Jesus would not use good angels for his own good. And so it was in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane, that Jesus says uh, to, to Peter, who's trying to stop Jesus from being arrested, Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will not at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then? Should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so. Where Adam and Eve and all their children, where we seek worldly power and glory, possessions, reputation, Jesus sought his cross to save us from such desires, from death, from hell, from the devil, from the wrath of God. We live our daily lives in a sea of temptation. Just put on the TV. But it also wells up within us. It is not just the devil enticing us or the world offering pleasures innumerable. Even our own hearts join in. James tells us, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. How can you fix your desires? You can't. You can 
keep them in check, sort of. Even unbelievers can do that. But that is not yet true and real righteousness before God. And even if in some way you end up outwardly being good, the devil in his kingdom of the world parades before you daily and much whatever is pleasing to your eye and seemingly good for food, something to take part in and enjoy, consume, having you set down the shield of your faith so that you have no way to quench his fiery arrows. And so, even now, Christ comes to crush the serpent's head for you. He is for you the way of escape. Christ is not harsh towards you, condescending, arrogant. He condescended himself to be tempted for you, tempted in every way that you are, yet without sin. And his clean record on temptation counts for you. He also is your way of escape. He crushes the serpent's head, kills your flesh anew, and silences the lies of the world through his word and his gifts. Our problem is we keep trying to go it alone, as if we've got to do it or something, but we can't. How can you keep expecting different results when you keep trying the same worn-out things in your temptations? So, Jesus does it for us in his word and gifts. He comes to crush the serpent's head for you. He comes to crush the little serpentine child of your flesh, too. He comes, and he forgives your sins. He comes to unite himself to you and to feed and strengthen you with his body and his blood. At the drenching word of baptism, he says, Be gone, Satan, and you, dear child, are mine. At every sermon and with every absolution, he says, Be gone, Satan, and you, dear saint, are forgiven. At the supper, he says, Be gone, Satan, and you, dear friend, eat and drink my body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Christ comes to crush the serpent's head for you. He did it at Calvary, and he did it in his own temptation. But now, daily and much in his word and absolution and supper, Jesus is doing the same thing. It is as if he said, Be gone, Satan. This one is mine, not yours, forever. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>